you how to reignite the embers of a distant and lonely relationship into a blazing, emotionally intimate connection. I'm your host, Amber Dawson. I'm a psychologist, author, and speaker. A few of my favorite things are my husband, grapes, and my adorable little dog, Riggs. Now let's learn how to create a soul crush in love that lasts. Hit subscribe in your podcast app so that simply by listening, you can rekindle your relationship by pouring a little gas on your relationship ember. This podcast is for informational purposes and should not be misconstrued for specific relationship advice. For advice for your specific relationship, seek a local couples therapist for relationship counseling for couples therapy. Four tips to help you in a long distance relationship. And we're also going to go through some Q&A. Long distance was the thing that taught me about bitter loneliness. It was also the thing that taught me about committed love and two imperfect, stubborn people who refused to give up on each other. After coming out of my first marriage, I was 28 and ready to be married and start a family. I always thought I would have my first child at 28, but when I looked around my dark basement I was living in, it brought me to my knees to find out how different my life really was. I remember walking over to my laptop that weighed like a thousand pounds so I could hit the online dating. One criteria I knew I didn't want in a partner was long distance. I met my current husband online just at the birth of Tinder, so I'd never really done a lot of swiping, but I do remember reading a lot of profiles. I remember being so clear, must live where I live. And that was all because I wanted to settle down, I wanted that family, and long distance was certainly not in line with my goals. Because I was ready to start a life, I went on coffee dates, out for drinks, on walks, to wine bars, messaged and messaged and messaged people. I met people that I liked that didn't like me, and I met people who really liked me that I didn't like. Dating was hard. Until I met someone that made my heart skip a beat and butterflies flutter in my chest. It was like all the love songs were written about him. We talked for longer than I normally chatted with someone before meeting because I was away to conference. This was the groundwork of a deep foundation of friendship. I would eagerly await his messages and I got up early before my conference to make sure I had time to read and respond. I was smitten and I hadn't even met him yet. I hardly remember our first date because I was so excited and nervous and swept up in the moment. I remember talking excitedly and then dinner was over and we decided to go to a pub so we could keep talking. I remember making us go home at midnight because I had to go to work the next day. The the connection we had was palpable. We couldn't stop talking. I hoped this man would be my dream come true. On our third date, I knew I was falling for him, so I asked him about his plans for the future because he had talked about doing an MBA in a number of cities. He provided me insurance. It was very unlikely he was going anywhere, and his plans were to stay put. Fast forward two weeks. After a lovely time together, he asked me if I wanted the good news or the bad news. So I'm thinking, the bad news is our time is over today, but the good news is we're hanging again soon. But I was wrong. The good news was he got into an MBA program, and it started the very next week, 3,000 kilometers away. The 3,000 kilometers away was the bad news. I assumed we were breaking up. After all, I had been so clear I wasn't interested in distance. But he had other plans for us. There we were, basically strangers and committing to a long distance relationship, which we navigated very imperfectly for 14 months. And now we are married. 
So in this episode, I'll give you some personal tidbits about long distance that made it easier and some tips from the research to see if you can make your relationship work. Here are four main ideas. As I go through these, I'm also going to respond to some of the questions I got on Instagram because so many people have been asking. Just remember, when I'm giving the tips about these, it is very general relationship knowledge. I haven't assessed these relationships, so I can't give specific feedback. See a relationship professional in your area for specific advice for your relationship. All right, so here is the first thing to think about when you are getting into a long distance relationship. Talk about your goals. Why are you doing this? Because if you have different goals and different reasons for doing it, it might not be worth it. So if one of you has the goal of like getting married and trending in that direction, and the other one knows, yeah, I'm not interested in that ever. You know, if your goals aren't aligned, it's really hard work that might not be worth it. If you really want to, you can, but talk about your goals. I mean, my initial goal in this was just for us to get to know each other, but the longer we knew each other, that goal needed to change and we needed to talk about it. So I think it's really important to get clear on what the end goal of this is and also the goals for the container of your commitment. What I mean by the container for your commitment is what does a long distance relationship mean to you each? What are your expectations for phone calls? What are your expectations for how often you'll see each other? What are your expectations for other friends of opposite gender or same gender? How do you navigate some of the difficult circumstances and you have to be able to talk about your goals? So this is hard, but I think it's important so that you can anchor into why are we doing this because it's not the easiest thing and if you can express your needs what you really want then your partner has a choice they can either meet them or say they can't and you can negotiate on it and if your partner can't meet your needs and you have expressed them that gives you useful data to decide if you want to be in an open in a long distance not open long distance relationship with this person So if you decide you do want to give it a go, you want to be in this long distance relationship, you have common goals and you've set up a container for your commitment, the next thing I suggest looking at are what are called rituals of connection. So this isn't winging your connection, this isn't winging your calls, winging your phone dates, this is making it a ritual so you stay connected. So staying connected via phone, text, photos, videos, video calls, and trips. There's lots of ways to stay connected. Heck, you could even write a letter if you wanted. So talking. I remember when my husband went away. We weren't husband yet. We were hardly, hardly, we're strangers. I had a very different expectation for talking. We didn't talk about the container of our commitment until a few fights later, and then we, then we did. So my expectation was he was going to call every day. His expectation was he would call when he was free. As you can see, we had different expectations, which led to conflict. So we had to then have clear communication about what we wanted. We agreed on five minutes a day. You know, my wish was these five minute calls were going to be heartfelt and really connected, but that just wasn't realistic because he was stressed, he was burnt out, he was under pressure, he was in class all day. So what we did is we did agree to talk, but those conversations weren't always beautiful. And what I had to focus on was that we were connecting even though it didn't always feel great, even though we were on the phone kind of like bleh some days. And some days were those beautiful heartfelt conversations I wanted, but they weren't always like that. So for us, it was five minutes a day, whereas other couples want to do an hour. Some couples, it's once a week. It just has to fit for your relationship so you can stay in touch in a way that feels good. Texting. I think it's really important to have conversations about text expectations. With a lot of my clients, they love to send lots of texts 
and some of their partners don't like texting at all and they don't respond so then that hurts their feelings um, some people are very explicit i don't like text do not text me i won't respond and people do anyway it hurts their feelings and so it's really important to have very explicit conversations about what you both need via text so maybe you're a texter and you say i just need to text but you just need to send me one text at the end of the day or maybe your expectation is they text back every time or maybe you both mutually agree you don't text it doesn't matter what you agree on as long as you jointly agree and you work together to find some mutual sort of agreement around texting. Photos. Photos can be super fun. You can send them for basically anything. You eating dinner, you working, you walking the dog. Send photos. You can see each other's faces. It's cute. It's fun. You know, you can just send photos. Videos. Videos are a really cute way of interacting, especially if you're not in the same time zone. So you can send messages, have conversations that are asynchronous by just showing yourself on video. I find video can be just fun, can liven things up. So you can just be walking down the street and be like, hey, I'm walking down the street thinking about you. Send it in a video. It could be like, today I was thinking about our trip we have upcoming in Chile and I wanted to know which hotel you prefer. prefer. I'm gonna send you two links. Like you can have it as a conversation, you can send a video of something, you can even send a spicy or sultry video if you want, but it can just be so innocent, just you. Just show yourself. Video calls. Video calls are a really great way to set up a ritual of connection if you're in the same time zone. So set up a time to connect. They can be like a date and ask questions. Some people play games. My husband and I set up ritual calls. We had a date night via video call every week. And over the course of our 14 months apart, sometimes we had more video calls. Sometimes we had less video calls, but we made sure to schedule those in so we got that almost face-to-face -face time. And another thing you can think about for rituals of connection is how often are you going to make the time to see each other? And certainly it is hard depending on how far away you are. I'm sure COVID doesn't make it easier and it costs money. But actually finding some time to see each other in long distance I found to be a game changer. It helps to connect through the touch and just seeing each other and serves to kind of bolster and reinvigorate the connection when it gets depleted when you're apart. So, you know, think about interesting ways that you can make trips work. For me, I didn't have a lot of money and I was on air miles. I was doing all my grocery shopping the first Tuesday of every month and cutting out my coupons so I could fly a handful of times on air miles. So I know COVID hasn't made flying easy, but if you can see each other, it goes a long way. So those are some ideas for rituals of connection. The key here is making them rituals, things that you do consistently that you don't think about, that you both agree on, so you stay connected. The third thing to think about is using the five love languages in the way you can. So the five love languages are words of affirmation, physical touch, acts of service, buying gifts, and I'm forgetting one, physical touch, acts of service, buying gifts, words of affirmation, I might have forgotten one here, but anyway, you get the gist. So some of these are gonna be hard to do because you are apart. So it is actually hard to touch each other because you're not there. But you could still use words of affirmation, which is terms of endearment, compliments, validation, praise. So you say, thanks so much for your call, or oh my gosh, I was just thinking about how your eyes twinkle when you smile. I love that about you. I was missing your energy and the way it lights up the room. So we can use a lot of words of affirmation. Maybe you do gifts, you send a gift with a little note. Um, I remember 
when we were long distance, I would send care packages with different little things in them and I would write little notes about what each one was for. So I'm not typically a gifts person, but I was in a long distance relationship. Acts of service, maybe you hire someone to come over and clean for them if they struggle or a meal delivery service or order them some food. There's tons of little things that we can do to stay connected. So just be thoughtful, be created, and use the love languages. I mean, how cute would it be to get a sweet little love letter? The fourth thing to think about in a long distance relationship is how do you soothe your own lonely, missing, difficult, frustrated emotions? Because your partner's not there. And we are not born to be alone. We are born for connection, for belonging. And this is so hard. So make sure you're thoughtful about how do I soothe my own emotions when I'm lonely, when I'm upset. You know, do you have to find like a little space in your house? You make it the soothing corner and you have like a cozy blanket and a tea and like a nice candle, something that's going to soothe it. I encourage you lean on friends, friendships that feel appropriate while you're away. So making sure you've communicated about your expectations for friendships and making sure that if you're doing opposite or same sex friendships that the boundaries feel comfortable, but leaning on other friendships can help ease the loneliness. Get involved in a hobby, something regular where you're out seeing other people so you're not just sitting at home alone, which sucks. So soothe those difficult emotions. What I'm gonna do now, like I said, is answer some of the questions that I got. Just be careful again, this is not This is just general thoughts. It's not specific relationship advice. So see someone in your own area if you want to know if it is for you. I've got a number of great questions here. I'm so excited to go through these because I've had so many questions lately about this. All right. Both of our love languages are physical touch. How to deal with the distance? Oh my goodness, I know. It is hard. So when you see each other touch, 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 make sure you're taking time for it. But other than that, I think you're going to have to probably rely on some other love languages. So most of us have a primary love language and then other secondary, thirdly love languages. So do your best to start incorporating some of the other ones in. And I know it's not going to be the same. You just have to do the best you can. How to keep building trust? Well, trust is one of those things that is built in small actions over time. So trust is anything small and positive. So just keep doing small positive things and trust will be built. But if we break down trust even more, so trust is honesty, transparency, proof of alliance, ethical actions, and accountability. So keep being honest, keep being transparent, do what you say you're going to do, show you're on each other's teams in little ways and that trust can stay built up. If it's temporary, would it be bad to open the relationship? Well, maybe and maybe not. This depends on how you're doing relationship. If you've opened the relationship before, that feels good to you both. Open relationships can be fun and can strengthen some relationships if that is the bounds to which you agree. Open relationships can also be very painful, very messy, cause very strong emotions. And so I encourage you to be very thoughtful about how come you would make that choice and be very thoughtful about the boundaries under which you would have that dynamic. And if that is really in line with your goals or if you're just doing it to try to come up with some sort of winging it solution to ease the loneliness. So that is a very personal choice and a choice that requires a lot of thoughtfulness on both parts because in some relationships it helps and in a lot of relationships it really hurts and hinders. 
Why do we argue or feel upset with each other all the time? I don't know. I don't know what you're arguing about. And so this could be a particular problem. But if you think about just being lonely and missing the other person, it's easy to argue when you miss and you hurt. And so you might have a specific problem here, but sometimes we're just more vulnerable to place blame or criticize or lash out when we're in emotional pain. So I just encourage you to focus on being gentle and identifying what you're feeling and identifying what's happening that is leading you to behave that way. And if it's just the distance and the loneliness and it sucks, then talk about that in a kind, neutral, gentle way. How do you build trust, patience, and understanding for each other? I kind of already talked about building trust, but small actions over time. And patience and understanding. I love when Brene Brown talks about giving your partner the most generous assumption. And this is a practice you can do in your mind. So let's imagine your partner doesn't text you back and you're like, they just don't care about me. You can pause and go, okay, what is the most generous assumption I can give them? Maybe they are busy and tired and they forgot. That's okay. I know they care about me. So we have two brains. We have the fast, the unconscious, the automatic and the slow brain, the labor-intensive brain, the conscious brain. If you're feeling like you don't have understanding and patience, that's probably your fast, your fast, unconscious, automatic. It's probably not natural for you to think about what is the most generous assumption. So the practice would be to practice giving your partner the most generous assumption until that becomes your new way of thinking. Next question, isn't it better to separate and do isn't it better to do separate lives and maybe continue later that depends on what your goals are if your goals currently at this stage in your life is just to enjoy your life and not be committed then sure separate if your goal is you want to see if this person is long-term commitment material maybe marriage material then separating probably wouldn't be the greatest idea I don't know about you, but many people end up connecting with people who are close to them, proximate to them, live near them. And so if your goal is to be with that person, then um, you might not end up together. So I think it depends what your goals are for your relationship. How do you keep the connection going? All those rituals of connection I talked about. So just get intentional, set up some rituals of connection. How to make a conscious decision. How do you know if it's worth it? Well, go inward. Think, is this worth it for me? What are the pros? What are the cons? What are the sacrifices I have to make? But what do I gain? If it's worth it, it's such a personal decision and only you can settle into that one. Ways to make conflict more gentle when long distance without the ability to touch and hug. Ugh, so hard, I know. So the biggest thing is to use what is called a gentle startup. And a gentle startup is not being harsh or mean. So one of the predictors of a fight going bad is when we use what is called harsh startup, which is what it sounds like using harsh words, criticism, contempt, putting your partner down, blaming. When you start a conversation that way, it's not going to go very well. So use soft startup. Soft startup is stating how you feel, describing why you feel that way, your perception of the situation neutrally. So your position, not your partner's. I feel hurt because I didn't hear from you today. What you need, I need us to be in touch. So the key is neutrality and gentleness. Not always easy, but if you want conversations to go better, stay away from being harsh and be a little more gentle. So those are some of the questions that I had. These are some of my thoughts and I think it's just hard 
it is just hard to be in a long distance relationship. It is not fun, fast, or easy all the time. It can be fun. Sometimes it's easy, but it takes conscious thought and commitment and two people that are willing to do the work. I hope that is helpful and I look forward to talking to you all soon. Thank you for tuning in to Relationship Psych, the podcast put on by Ember Relationship Psychology. If you're looking for more free relationship help or advice that comes straight from the couple's therapy room, check out the free resources and the blog at www.emberrelationshippsychology.com.